So if you've been with us the past few weeks, you know we've been working through a series talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the, the role of the Holy Spirit, the job description, the things that the Holy Spirit does. If, uh, if you've not been with us, or if you need a, a little refresher, I'll recap for you what we've talked about. Uh, the first week we talked about the Holy Spirit's role and how the Holy Spirit's role is to convict non-believers of their need for Christ and how the Holy Spirit guides believers in truth. Now, the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with God's word to do that. And third, we, we talked about how the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus by extending his ministry through his church. Now, in the second week, we spoke about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness. I hope you've had the opportunity this week to reflect on how you can be a witness, how you can share your faith with the people in your life. And this week, we're going to continue in this series looking at the, the role of the Holy Spirit. This week, we're going to look at the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're here this morning and you don't have a Bible, uh, we would love to give you a Bible. We have extras here, and we would uh, be so filled with joy to put the Word of God in your hands. So if you don't have a copy of the Bible and you would like one, um, come talk to me or see one of our uh, welcome team members or uh, one of our elders. We would be overjoyed to give you a copy of the Bible. So this morning we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 1 and read through verse 7. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the first thing I'd like us to note is in whom does the Holy Spirit work in terms of gifting. So I'd encourage you to look at verse 3, where Paul says, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So Paul is drawing a line here saying you cannot be opposed to Jesus and be doing 
spiritual things. And what I mean by that when I say spiritual things, I mean things under the direction of the Holy Spirit. I know our our culture likes to use the word spiritual to mean many other things. It's a, a very vague term. It gets thrown around a lot. But when we speak about spiritual things in the church and under the authority of Scripture, we're talking about the things that the Holy Spirit has empowered us to do. So Paul is drawing that line between the followers of Christ and the followers of pagan religions or other teachings. At at that time when Paul was writing, there was a, a problem with these outside teachings beginning to infiltrate the church. People saying, well, we should incorporate this practice or we should incorporate this teaching Uh, alongside what we're teaching about Jesus. And Paul is saying, no, these teachings are coming from people who do not recognize Jesus as Lord. We cannot have these as part of what we're doing in our church. And pointing to saying the, the teaching comes from those who have declared Jesus as Lord. So... In that way, to be living and working with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you must be a confessing believer in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit and Jesus are always perfectly aligned. There is no division there. The priorities and the purposes that Jesus has are the same that the Holy Spirit has. They they cannot be opposed to each other. So these pagan ideas, these philosophies that were trying to infiltrate the church. Paul is saying, no, we we can't have that. So the gifts given by the Holy Spirit are for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're taking notes this morning, that's your first uh, little fill in the blank there on your sheet. So you can write that down. The gifts given by the Holy Spirit are for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, why is this important? Well, first, I would say if, if you're new here at the church, you're new to things of faith, you're just starting to explore these things, I, I would invite you, perhaps God is leading you today to surrender your life to Christ. Maybe God is calling on your heart to turn in obedience to him. If you have received God's call on your life and you have repented and surrendered your life to him, then it is good and right to think about the Holy Spirit's gifting in your life. So challenge yourself. Are you actively seeking how the Spirit is moving in your life? And are you seeking to respond to the Spirit? Are you active in God's word? The Holy Spirit and God's word work together to move in our lives. That's how we are shaped. That's how we are transformed. When we go to God's word, the Holy Spirit shows us how we are to be shaped and changed. So as believers, if the good things that come from the Holy Spirit are indeed for us, how do we get them? Where do they come from? 
Now, you might think in you know, a more general sense, okay, where, where do good things come from? Now, if you're like me and you, you work in business, you know, I've got my team that, that I work with and we have goals. And we're going to work hard, we're going to put in the effort, we're going to come together and strive and, and, you know, hard work leads to goals achieved. So we're going to put in that effort and we'll hit those goals. And, you know, if you're a student here today, you know, maybe studying, doing your homework, paying attention in class, these things lead to academic achievement. That's true, right? And even at home, you know, you spend quality time with your family, you pay your bills, you raise your children in the right way, you're, you're likely to get the outcome that you're looking for. So, you know, we try hard, we put forth that effort, we, we, uh, we all band together and, and make it happen. So, this might lead you to think the same way would be true in the case of how the Spirit empowers us. Maybe if I try hard enough, I can, I can manifest these gifts of the Spirit. Well, let's turn back to Scripture. Take a look again at the very first verse there in chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. Notice that these are spiritual gifts, not spiritual talents. These are spiritual gifts. And if you look at verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the Holy Spirit is giving these gifts. And then if you go a little further down and look at verse 11, all of these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So clearly the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not earned, found, or purchased. Things earned, found, or purchased are not gifts. Now, speaking of gifts, we're we're entering into the Christmas season. I think I'm allowed to talk about Christmas now, right? Because we're past Thanksgiving, so even the sticklers here, right? It's okay to talk about Thanksgiving now. So perhaps at this point, you might have had someone who, uh, someone in your family, someone who cares about you may have already hit you with this question that you'll probably get asked a lot this time of year. They'll ask you, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And isn't there nothing worse than when the person says, I don't know, (laughs) you figure it out. No, it's so nice to know what they want, right? Now, when, when it gets to be this time of year, we all start to do this. We all start to think about, oh, what would be something nice to have? You know, I know my children already have the wheels turning, thinking about, hmm, what do I want for Christmas this year? So gifts are something that we desire, and that's a good thing. We can desire good gifts. So... Just like we desire Christmas presents, we also should be desiring the gifts of the Spirit, these spiritual gifts. Further along in in chapter 12, Paul, in verse 31, says, 
but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So Paul is instructing the church in Corinth to desire these spiritual gifts, those higher gifts being the ones that advance the gospel and build up and edify the church. He's instructing them to desire those. So just like how we desire good gifts at Christmas, the gifts of the Spirit should be desired. All right, I mentioned, you know, we just passed Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I hope you enjoyed some time with your family and friends and loved ones. And if, uh, if this time of year is hard for you, we are praying for you. Uh, but this time of year, uh, there's, there's a debate that always seems to rage, and uh, especially around Thanksgiving. And I, I would imagine everyone in here is on one side or the other of this debate. There's, uh, there's not much middle ground on this debate. And, and yes, this is, this is about to be a food example. I, I feel, feel I would be remiss <laughs> in my message uh, you know, to Pastor Zach if I didn't use a food example. So here you go. <laughs> this one's not about mayonnaise, though. So this time of year, that debate that rages around the dinner table is that of cranberry sauce. Now, perhaps you're someone who loves a good homemade cranberry sauce. You know, you, you get those fresh cranberries Put a little orange juice in there, a little, I don't know, cinnamon, some allspice. I don't know. Everybody makes it a little different, right? That's what makes it so special. And uh, you sit down and you're enjoying the flavor. You get surprised by one of those cranberries that pops unexpectedly in your mouth. So you have, you have, you have the homemade cranberry sauce, folks. And then way over here on this side, you have the other folks who say, no, I'm going to drive over to my local market basket. I'm going to pick up that can of ocean spray cranberry sauce. You take that home, you open it up, you squeeze it out of the can. It still has the little ridges on it from the can, right? It's jiggling as you start to slice it. So there's there's you know big big divide here between the cranberry sauce folks, right? Now, I, I got to say, I am a little partial to the, cram, the canned cranberry sauce. It's, it's consistent, right? I know. I, thank you. Yeah. It's consistent. It tastes the same. The flavor, the texture is the same all the way through. It is exactly the same every time you get it, no matter what, right? But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not like the canned cranberry sauce. They are not all the same. The gifts that I have are different from the gifts that you have. They're not the same flavor. They're not the same texture. They're going to be different. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are diverse. But all of our gifts are for the benefit of the church. So you can write that down as your third point. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are diverse, but they all are for the benefit of the church. Let's read again in chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all for everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So that common good referring to the good of all believers in the church. Now, if you continue reading in chapter 12, Paul digs in on this idea and he begins to talk about uh, these diverse giftings, but that there is unity in the body of Christ. And he, he takes the example of an actual living body. And he says, you know, not, not everyone is a hand or a foot or an eye. And he points out that if everyone were an eye, you know, where would the sense of hearing be? If everyone were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So Paul is reinforcing this idea that we all have different abilities and different giftedness, but we have to do these things together as a body. A hand on its own is no good. It needs to be connected with the body. So you may have uh, known someone, you may have heard someone that, you know, say this. They might say, well, you know what? I don't need the church. I, I just need Jesus. Well, Paul would say here that, no, you have to be part of the body. You have to be using your giftedness as part of of the body of Christ. You can't do the things of the church on your own. Now, the Apostle Peter also makes a clear statement about what our gifts should be used for. This is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. He says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards... Of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So to serve and edify the church and to glorify God. Through Christ Jesus. That is what we are to do with the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. So in light of these passages, to, to summarize and to get back to the job description of the Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit is to creatively and strategically empower believers to bless, serve, and shape the church for the glory of God. Now, we talked about how the gifts of the Spirit cannot be purchased, earned, because they're gifts. Now, gifts, however, can be squandered. Now, I've had many times in my life where someone who cares about me went out of their way, took their hard-earned money and their time, and they went to a store, and they bought a gift card. And they came to me and they said, Kent, I bought you this gift card and I want you to use this gift card 
to buy yourself whatever you want from that store. And it's always so nice, right, to receive a gift. How wonderful, you know. And I have this terrible habit with uh, gift cards. This is, this is my, my practice that I don't recommend. So I would take that gift card and I would go home. And I have this special drawer in my house. And I open that drawer and I think, boy, you know, one of these days... I'm going to use this gift card and it's going to be so great. The perfect thing will come up and I will use this gift card to buy the perfect thing that I need at that exact moment. It's going to be awesome. And I'll put that gift card in the drawer and I'll close that drawer. And then weeks, months, maybe years pass by and that gift card stays in that drawer. I might even go and shop at that store and get something, but you know, it's not that perfect thing that I really wanted. So I waste that gift. I squander that gift. And the person who gave that gift to me, that's not what they wanted. That's not what they intended. They wanted me to use that gift, to use it to its fullest extent. And we can do this with the gifts that the Spirit gives us. We can squander those gifts. So it leads us to the question, what obstacles are stopping us from using our gifts? So it's time to turn inward, time to reflect a little bit on ourselves. As believers, are we using our giftedness And are we doing it in a way that builds up, serves the church, and glorifies God? Now, perhaps you're a young person who feels like the older, more mature believers in the church should be the ones serving with their giftedness. You know, they've been at this longer. They know what to do. They know how to do this. I'm going to let experience. I'm going to let them handle this. They know what to do. I'll, I'll sit back while they take care of everything because I don't, you know, I don't exactly know how to do this. So I, I don't want to mess anything up. So I'll just, I'll stay on the sidelines and, and, and let the, the experienced people handle that. Now at the same time, maybe you're an older believer who feels like you had your season where you served and Now you just aren't in that place anymore. It's time to pass the baton onto the younger generation. Let them take over. You know, you you punched your card, you did your time, and now you can check out and let other people serve in your place. It's it's their turn. Well, I would politely challenge you both. If you are seeking to walk in obedience to Christ under the guidance of his word and the Holy Spirit, there is work for you to do. The church is left wanting and is indeed lacking if you are letting the season of life you are in dictate whether you are going to use your gifts or not. Now, The text talks about a variety of gifts, a variety of service, a variety of activities and of ministries. So the capacity in which you serve might change from time to time. 
might change over the years. But if you are thinking, I served my time, or my time has not yet come, well, it's time to start exploring where God is calling you and what he is equipping you for. The author of Hebrews instructs us to run with endurance the race that is set before us. As believers, we must use what the Holy Spirit has equipped us with throughout the entire race. It's not a relay race where you run a quarter of the race and pass the baton and then just wait while somebody else runs the rest of the race. No, we all run this race together. So if you are not using your gifts to serve, you need to start looking at where God is leading you. Now, perhaps you're reluctant to serve not because of your age or the season of life you're in, but because of the gifts you have and the opportunities that the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Maybe those are uncomfortable or intimidating. Well, I can relate to that. I find one of the biggest stumbling blocks to believers in our current culture today is, and and indeed to myself, is comfort. My natural self wants to avoid anything that puts me outside of my comfort zone. I'll do anything to avoid being uncomfortable. So this is not the way of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are going to empower you to do things that you could never do on your own. Doing supernatural things is going to feel unnatural because it is. It's not your own power or strength or will that will bring these things about. It is brought about as the Holy Spirit wills and sees fit. Are you avoiding using your gifts because God is calling you to do something uncomfortable? Maybe God is calling you into missions or into ministry. Maybe God is calling you to share your gift of faith with friends, coworkers, fellow students. Be prepared to have the Holy Spirit take you into unfamiliar territory. But rely on the strength that he will provide, not on your own strength. As we prepare to conclude, I have one more obstacle I want you to consider and examine yourself to see if this may be present in your life. Paul in Corinthians is addressing several issues that the church was facing. Among those issues were pride, boasting, and idolatry. Maybe you are serving in the church. And maybe you're serving Christ Jesus. Perhaps you've done so for a long time. We must be careful and guard ourselves against thinking that what we are doing is because of us. We can be prone to take something as good and pure as serving fellow believers, sharing our faith, using our gifts, and due to our sinful nature, become arrogant prideful, boastful, 
and worst of all, start worshiping ourselves. Thinking we have done something good by our own power. Now, Paul makes it clear to the Corinthians, it is only through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we can do these things. If you are struggling with this obstacle to serving and using your gifts, it is time to lay yourself at the foot of the cross again. Be reminded of the work of Christ. We boast in the cross, not in ourselves. So to conclude this morning, if you are a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit is empowering you with gifts. Gifts that do not come from your own goodness or power. Gifts that can only be because of him. Now our gifts vary. My gifts are not going to be the same as everyone else's. They're not going to be the same as yours. But all of our gifts together will build up the church and glorify Christ Jesus. This week and beyond, let us desire the good gifts the Holy Spirit has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us a desire for the things that you have for us. Lord, shape our hearts, open our eyes to the places that you want us to go, the things that you want us to do. Align our will and our priorities with yours, Lord. Put us on a path that glorifies you. God, use us powerfully here in this church, in this community, to bring your love and your purposes, Lord. God, we thank you for your tremendous grace. Thank you for your mercies that are new for us every morning. God, we need them so desperately. Lord, we are so thankful for what you are doing in our lives, for what you are doing in this church. Lord, we submit ourselves to you and ask that you would empower us to do even greater things. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. As we close, I invite you to stand and receive this benediction. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Go in peace.